Hey guys, welcome to More Than a Number podcast, episode number one. Um, Jack Clink here with Zach Lefebvre. Zach, what's going on? What's going on, my brother? Good to see you. <laughs> Good to see you too. How are you feeling? Good, man. I was uh, I was just complimenting your uh, moose in the hair. <laughs> yeah, so Madeline, as some viewers will know, my girlfriend has um, has given me some hair advice because since May, I have not got a haircut, but I've wanted to, I don't know, during the football season, I played at UB uh, this past year and I'm done now, but I thought about getting a mullet or some kind of haircut, but I never pulled the trigger on it. So now I'm just growing it out and people before I took care of it, thought I just looked like an idiot. But since I was during football and only got football in class, I was fine. But now using a little bit of spray on mousse from Shea Moisture and then some Dove gel, I think that's it. See, as long as I've known you, at least since we've started college ball, You've always yeah. done the buzz cut. I, dude, I did the buzz or like sh very short hair for so long. It was so much easier. I could use or a bar so on my head. The mohawk. <laughs> the mohawk was high school. Yeah. 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 That was an interesting look. I'll have to put it up. But yeah, so experimenting with the long hair. Madeline put it, the hair in a bun two nights ago, which is like. She put your know, hair in a bun? Yeah, dude. It, it's a lot longer than, than this. But with it, all the gel and everything, it just curls up. Yeah, like yeah. it's a dry sponge. It just like shrinks down. See, mine doesn't want to get super long. Have you seen really? the pictures of me from high school when I had like the super long? Yeah, like, I remember. Ash and cut your hair. Yeah. When yeah. you got the UB, you had kind of long hair though. I did. Yeah. In your first year, I remember that with the red I can't truck, believe you guys let me walk around like that, but you're just rocking it, dude. Yeah. Talk about fuses. Talk about hair. Look at fuses from then. You want to know what's funny? You know, remember Marcus uh, McGill? Yeah. Marcus McGill used to call me uh, Farrah Fawcett, and um, who's the other one? He used to call me Tom Brady. And he used to call me this in the middle of the game, too. He would, like, come off the field. I was a redshirt freshman at the time, so, yeah. like, <clears throat> I didn't, like, have anything really to do with the games. I was just kind of sitting there on the sidelines. I mean, Coach Lapfold, he still made us dress up in a um, shoulder pad and stuff like that. Yeah. But we weren't really in the game. No. <laughs> so, freshman year – uh, I'd be on the sideline just chilling in my hat, cleats, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Marks and McGill would like come running off the field, just look at me. And you know, you, they would always do that roast, the roast thing, yep. roasting you out, I guess. So uh, he would literally run off the field from a play and just look at me and be like, Farrah Fawcett, and then run, run back out of the field. <laughs> I'm like, bro. Yeah. People don't realize, like, when they watch college athletics or like just sports in general, like how much. Like we make fun of each other, I think. Like it's people always think it's just do or die on the field, and sometimes it is. But sometimes like people are just like I'll like make a joke to somebody like in between plays, like on my team, the other team. Like it's actually it's less less serious than people think it is, which is uh at at sometimes, which is kind of funny. Absolutely, I mean the locker room is eighty five percent of yeah eighty five percent of your experience as a college athlete is is the locker room and the, and the bond that you build there. Yeah. Yeah, my brother's trying to, my young brother, Will, um, is trying to figure out where to go to college right now. And it's like, I'm telling him, I'm like, when you visit, like coaches matter, facilities matter, all that stuff is important. The school, how big the school is, um, whatever, fraternities, girls, all that stuff matters. But then you also have to have like a good locker room. So by like visiting, talking to, to potential teammates, that's all really big stuff. Because if you're not enjoying the locker room, it's tough to have a fun time in school. Absolutely. Well, um. Has he been getting offers or just looks? Yeah, he's got he's got a few offers. He's got um, Sacred Heart and Central Connecticut State, 
in they're both like partial scholarships through FCS, and then he's got um the walk on from Marshall and UB. So he's trying to figure that oh, out. Um, but he's going to enroll in the spring, so he's trying to figure that out right now. Good but, for him, dude. Yeah, I shout remember. Out to Will. Well, yeah, shout out Will when we were uh, <laughs> training in high school. Uh, when actually, no, it was it was probably our freshman sophomore year when I would come back to Mended and train with you guys. Yeah. Um, I remember Will working out there. He was just a, a young buck back then. A tiny little he's guy. beefed up now, dude. Yeah, he's like 6'4", 230, 235. So. He's a beast. I love watching his highlights. Yeah, he's much more athletic than me. So it's I watch him, and he scores a touchdown, and I like, I'm like, all right. It feels like I scored a touchdown. <laughs> so. Very cool. Alrighty, well, we'll do a little quick introduction in case um, you're watching right now and you don't really know who we are. Um, so I'm – I guess I'll start. I'm Jack Clink, uh, originally from uh, Pittsburgh Sutherland High School out of Rochester, New York. And then I went on to play football and got my undergrad at UB. And now I'm currently a grad student at UB. I just finished my football career, played six years at UB. I originally came in as a walk-on and eventually um, earned a spot playing on the field. So that's how I got to know Zach. And then Zach, why don't you give a little intro about yourself as well? Yeah, so <clears throat> I'm uh, my name is Zach Lefay. I uh, I grew up in Victor, New York, so it's actually probably 10 minutes down the road from where Clank grew up in Pittsburgh, um, right mm -hmm. down the, the throughway there or expressway. <clears throat> um, I was a three three sport athlete in high school, uh, football, baseball, basketball, up until about mm, I want to say end of my sophomore year. That's when I kind of uh, cut all ties with the rest of the sports and decided to focus on football uh, the most. Ended up getting a scholarship to go play at Buffalo. Uh, I had a few other scholarship offers, uh, not as, what were they, the D1AA, is that what you call them? You have like, yeah, like, would you have like Bucknell or something? Yeah, so I had like the the, the Patriot League. If anyone's familiar with, with, mm. the, with the Patriot League, that's what I had. Uh, and then I went to a Syracuse camp. Hold on, side tangent real quick. This is what... <laughs> This is what set me off. I went to a Syracuse camp, and uh, I thought I had a great camp there. Uh, I thought I had to get on all my testings. And the only thing I didn't know was my 40, because they never tell you the 40 after you run them at the, yeah, at the camp. Yeah, right? So I thought I had a great camp, did good in all the drills and stuff like that, all the testing. And after, the guy called me over who was talking to me and, and recruiting me there, and he was like, you're a great tight end. You're going to play D1 somewhere. You're just not fast enough to play here. And I swear, bro, that comment right there, that, like, turned me into an animal. As soon as I heard that, because I was, like, junior year. Um, yeah, when I was, like, up. yeah, that's, like, what, yeah. what sparked me. And it's funny, too, because I went into college, and by the time I was going to college, I was probably one of the fastest tight ends that we yeah. had. So, uh, but anyways, side tangent. Uh, yeah, so I, I ended up going to UB. Um, I played five years at Buffalo. Um, I hit the, I hit the transfer portal, transfer portal uh, for my last year, and I ended up going to Western Kentucky. Um, that was a big step for me. Um, I finished my degree at Buffalo, so I, I had a degree in health and human services. And then once I <clears throat> graduated, I thought it was time to move on and see what other opportunities presented itself to me. So. I uh, ended up going to Western Kentucky for my last year before I was sidelined due to an injury, a uh, neck injury that I, you know, 
it was lingering from Buffalo that I had and uh, just didn't know how severe it was. Got to Kentucky, ended up being a little bit more severe than we thought. So uh, that ended up cutting my career short. So I didn't get to finish my last year at Kentucky. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much what has brought me up to here. Now I'm a personal trainer. A um, little side plug for you guys right here. Oh, yeah. Yep. The Apex Pursuit. Uh, you can visit my Instagram or website at theapexpursuitcompany.com www.theapexpursuitco.com or uh, the apex pursuit on Instagram. So yeah, that's pretty much uh, a quick brief background on me. Sweet. Yeah. So we, so how we got to know each other is through UB. Um, Cause in high school, we're like Zach said, we're like 10 minutes away from each other. So we were high school. We we're in rivals. We were rivals the whole time. I don't think we beat you guys once, but we were rivals. No, nope. <laughs> nonetheless. <laughs> And Zach was our big tight end who always had, they ran the ball, I don't know, 95% of the time. But when they mm -hmm. passed it, they do a little play action pop pass and Zach would be open right down the seam. Streaking. So I used to hate him. And then <laughs> met him at UB and he was a lot more likable than I thought. Um, great guy. So that's kind of how we got to know each other. We both ended up at UB in the summer of 2016, which um, got that whole class real close because that was a grind of a, of a summer when we first got there. Yeah, shout out uh... – Shout out Joff Mandel for those pop passes, man. <laughs> got me recruited yeah. right there. No, yeah, but uh, yeah, 100%. So once we got or once uh, we all got to campus, Taylor Riggins wasn't there yet. He was another Rochester guy. He was at UMass at the time. But yeah. um, once we showed up on campus, uh, what was it? It was me, you, um, Jake Mullenich. Yeah, Jake Fuse. I mean, I'm Gaddafi. talking about from the Rochester oh. area. Oh, from Rochester, yeah. Um, that, that first freshman summer? uh todd rocker got there in august oh todd too yep todd yep uh, but yeah for that summer um yeah that's pretty much how we started bonding at first i would, I would say and shout out jake moments for his truck he uh drove just about the whole entire team everywhere yeah we sat in the bed that summer <laughs> he would do it he'd be he'd be driving to list in the morning with like i swear probably like nine of us just like yeah body oh, yeah. down bodied in the back of his truck yep yeah, that's fun. fact. We used, we used to be ducking when we were going down um, once that road right next to the cemetery, and the cops were always there, so we have to all duck late. Yeah, yeah, fact. <laughs> like hide back, so we don't get, we don't look like we're caravanning across the border. But um, so yeah, that was we met freshman year, and then eventually played together for those five years, and now trying to share the knowledge or somewhat knowledge that we we have now and uh, our experiences and kind of answering questions whether you're in high school looking to go play college you're just interested in football or interested in post football or whatever because we've got a lot more interest than just football so we're excited to kind of talk about it go over it um so yeah okay. yeah and that's 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 going to be a big basis of the podcast is is kind of um because we've football has been such a big part of our lives for so long um mm -hmm. i don't know what what age were you when you first started playing football i was in sixth grade Right. So I yeah. think I even started, I mean, I started flag football when I was probably. Yeah, what, I did play flag. First or second. Yep. So yep. however old that is, um, all the way up until 23 years old when I stopped playing. So yep. um, it, it's consumed a bunch of our lives. But, um, you know, moving past football now into what you would call the real world, I guess you could say. Yep. Um, that's why we made this podcast the name of it more than a number because 
we don't want football to, um, I guess, consume our life or only like we're known for football. You know what I mean? So yeah, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and that's where we're here to, you know, to share. And we have a lot of knowledge and experience in football. So obviously we're going to be talking about stuff like that. But um, from my background with personal training, nutrition, um, stuff like that, we have a lot of bases, bases to cover. And we also have um, a fair amount of connections all over the place. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of guest appearances and stuff like that could happen. And I'm pretty excited for stuff like that and some of the guests to come on here. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So So what do you say we get into our main topics for today? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right, my brother. So I think one of the good main topics uh, for this for this podcast is going to be how to become a division one athlete and not only how to become a division one athlete, but how to excel as a division one athlete, because I think there's a difference there. Yep. Do you want to start out? Yeah, that sounds good. So how to become a division one athlete that there's a lot of different aspects um so first of all you've got to play um obviously in high school play on varsity be a prominent contributor on your team um you've got to have some solid size some like be a solid sized athlete and then have some kind of good traits um you don't always have to be the biggest or strongest because there's so many small guys like Jared patterson who was on who are on our team um and a fantastic player and five, six, 200 pounds. So you don't have to be the biggest guy by any means, but you got to pop on film. I think that's one of the biggest things um, that high schoolers should know is you want to pop on film, um, just to get that attention of a coach's eye. And then along with going to camps, I never really, I was, so I'm the oldest um, out of my three brothers and I never really understood the importance of camps or how they would help give you exposure, uh, get your name in college coaches is, uh, heads when you're going into your say your senior season they know okay this kid's a lineman he went to this camp he was a solid size lineman let me go check out his film but instead I didn't go to any camps um, so when I set out my film nobody's seen me in person they don't know if I'm because so many people lie on huddle and their twitter they say oh, they're 6'4 yeah. they're 6'1 they say they yeah. squat 400 they squat 275 so they never saw me so that most schools didn't even know how big I was or any of that stuff so really is playing hard in high school and there's so many more aspects and I'll let you talk about it, but then, and then popping on film and then going to camps is really important as well. What are some things you, you kind of think have uh, helped you get to D one and what can help other kids get to D one? I think the biggest thing nowadays is going to be most likely the camps and popping on film. Um, Obviously there's, uh, there's the work ethic, uh, dedication, all that kind of stuff behind it too. Um, But the biggest thing is if you're showing up on film, every single play uh, consistently yep. and you're going to camps and you're showing yourself consistently at camps too. I feel like those are the two biggest things. I didn't start getting most of my offers until I started showing up at camps, to be honest with you. Um, I had some decent film, yep. but it wasn't until I started showing up at the camps and, you know, ran routes in front of the coaches uh, against other live competition and stuff like that is when I started to really uh, get some attention and uh, most of my offers. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and then another thing to mention is lifting um, in high school, building that base for your body. Um, most kids have to grow into their frame. Um, or if you're smaller, you've got to get strong. If you're small, you got to use your strength, your leverage to your advantage. So hitting the weights, that's something my high school coach, uh, Keith Molnich, 
the goat. Um, he just emphasized always the yeah shout out Keith. He always emphasized the importance of just lifting. Power cleaning was his favorite. He said you don't get injured if you power clean, and you've got to be lifting, squatting deep, uh, lifting heavy, and then training throughout the off season. Don't take three months off and just do nothing. And then I think another thing, which I didn't do, but I think can be helpful is playing other sports, staying athletic, staying in shape. Um, I think, especially for football players, doing something like wrestling or doing something like lacrosse, hockey, those physical sports that use different, different parts of your muscles or use them differently can really be helpful for you when you get to college and you're doing all these different drills in uncomfortable positions. Maybe you're used to those by playing other sports as well. What do you kind of think about that? I, I couldn't agree with couldn't agree more with everything you just said um and i think it's important to point out that because listen when, when, it, when it comes down to it not everyone's gonna have the same work ethic as me and you um mm -hmm. i would like to say that me and you have similar similar work work ethics that you know yeah. we we try to work be the hardest workers in the room we try to be the first ones in last ones out I'm sure mm -hmm. if we could compete against each other doing that, we would do that. Um, mm -hmm. Just knowing you, you'd probably win at the first one in because you're, you would wake up at four o'clock and, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and get there a few hours early. But um, that just kind of shows the people that we are uh, with our work ethics. So, and then you're going to have those kids though, that, you know, that don't really work as hard, but still get that standout on tape. Um, they still get all the offers and, you know, they're able to fly by to the seat of their pants, maybe because they're six, six, two fifty naturally, you know what I mean? Yep. And, and yep. they run a, a four or five. So <clears throat> I think that's where you can kind of lead into our next topic, not next topic, but like, how do you excel? Mm -hmm. If you're one of those kids that is naturally gifted like that and you're not putting in that work in the weight room being a multiple sport athlete, like you said, doing the extra work. If you're not one of those kids and you're one of those kids that just got offers because of, you know, maybe appearance, because that really is a, a, a true fact is a lot of kids can get offers just of their stature. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pass the eye test for sure. Right. Passing the eye test. So say you're one of those kids and you get to that division one level. How do you excel now being at that level how do you take what you got and accelerate mm -hmm. yeah i think that's all that's all mindset from there right you've got the physical tools you have obviously everyone when you go to college is really phys physically talented um whether you're going from high school d3 d2 d1 whatever you're doing um you're going to a higher talent pool there's more talent um so you if you just go and maybe you're equally talented as another player in your position but you don't work as hard or you don't have the great mindset that person is going to play better than you. They're going to be better than you. So sometimes kids, and even myself, like I thought I was just a beast O lineman moving guys. And then I go play at UB way faster. Like it didn't even matter my strength. I had to get used to the speed right away. So you have to go, you got to be humble when you get there. You've got to be, you're trying to really accelerate. You've got to know. I always told my brother this because he played on varsity as a sophomore and I didn't. So I was like, you've got to just be humble. Like, even though you feel like you're better than kids your age or you're better than whatever average kids you've got to still have that mindset of I want to keep improving and if you have that satis the satisfied mindset is just is poisonous for athletes and people in general I think as well is you've got to have you got to have those goals too like if you're like you were saying a six six two fifty kid beast tight end prospect 
if you are just satisfied with how it is, you're not going to really improve much. You might play on special teams in college. You might get looks in whatever, 13, 14 personnel. But besides that, you might not see the field a lot if you don't improve at all. And that mindset, and especially the coachability part of it too, you're going to, you're going to get critiqued in college harder than you did in high school, I'd imagine, for most kids, unless they have a, a crazy high school coach. You're going to get critiqued a lot harder. You're going to get coached harder. You're going to get yelled at sometimes, especially by strength coaches. And you've got to be able to take that coaching. And instead of taking it personally, you got to just take it to heart. What were you going to say? Shout out Coach Sid. Yeah, Coach Sid. first strength coach. Yep. And then so many coach from that, Coach Day, Coach Lou, just Coach Sleeve, Coach quick background. Was an animal our, our first strength coach, Coach Sid, who I just mentioned, trains uh, Green Berets. Or did. He does, yeah. Right? Or does he not? I think he still does, yeah. Yeah, so straight. Just menace. Straight, yeah. Intimidation. <laughs> Absolutely. So you sorry gotta, to keep sorry to cut you off. But. No, you're good. So you got to check your ego at the door if you really want to excel as a D1 athlete uh, or any kind of athlete, even in high school. Um, you've got to check your ego at the door. You've got to get your mental um, mental state, uh, I think, just proper. You've got to have that humble mindset. Um, those are kind of my main things. What about you? What do you think about that? So I, excel in D1. Yeah, yeah. I really like what you said about it being a poisonous mindset. You know what I mean? Like satisfaction. And that's one thing that I've never had was I was yeah. never satisfied. It was almost, I'm like, I'm a perfectionist in a lot of the stuff I do. And a lot of people that know me closely know that about me is I'm a perfectionist. And that's almost a mindset that I think that all the greats have, you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm not, trust me, I'm not saying I'm one of the greats. Um, mm -hmm. Wish I was, but I'm not. But I feel like a lot of the greats share that kind of mindset where they're perfectionist. Kobe yeah. Bryant. Michael Jordan, do you know how many like hours and hours they would show up before the, uh, the games and practices and stuff like that, just to be shooting by their, by themselves in gym. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's being a perfectionist and never being satisfied. I think that's how you really excel. Um, cause when you never are satisfied, you're always working to improve. You, you never yeah. think you've made it. And, and I feel like that's where a lot of people could go wrong is once they get that scholarship, they think they've made it. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh, I, I, I got the scholarship. I got the D1 scholarship. I can relax. I can take my foot off the, off the pedal. Yep. No. Yeah. I, I think, and that's, I can relate to being, to have that satisfied mindset. I'm no, I'm, I haven't been always perfect um, throughout my college career and being satisfied as much as I'd like to think about it. Like I came to college and I was just had fanatical effort was, completely obsessed with earning a scholarship and pushed so hard that I was almost like to the breaking point by 2018 and I didn't get satisfied but then I kind of just accepted like as hard as I'm going to try some things just have to work themselves out I would always pray about it and then even this season like I wasn't satisfied but I know you always look back at least for me and I always look back on things I like could have done better and like even things like you were talking about showing up early and how I beat you like this season I wasn't going always as early as I should have been. And a lot of it is because it wasn't, I wasn't even like lazy. Like I would get to the stadium early, but I would just like Madeline calls it Jack time. Sometimes I just run like a little slow and I would get my, I would eat breakfast, do all this. And I'd be in the training room, but I didn't get in that meeting room until a couple minutes before our strength coach, assistant strength coach, coach Heights would always be on my ass about getting in the meeting room a little earlier. And those things, like I was just satisfied with, I'll get in the meeting room a little later. If I don't have a seat in front, I'll get in the back. And I think that was like, those are some things looking back, I wish I improved on. And now I'm trying to improve on, um, I guess, just being on time, doing things like just little things. 
because when you're six years in, whether you have a job, right, if you're in high school, if you're in college, if you're a stud high school athlete, you're going to get a little bit satisfied. You're like, shit, man, I can, I don't have to go right on time to practice. Some kids, some kids have that mindset. And eventually when you succeed for, for a while, sometimes that just creeps in. And that, that for at least for me this year, for the first time in a while, it kind of crept in. Have, have I mean, you experienced yeah. that? Yeah, absolutely. I, it, trust me, it's easy to be satisfied. It yeah, is. It is. Um, and I'm not saying I'm never satisfied. Um, yeah. I guess, but I, what I will say, I was never satisfied with my play. And I don't know if that's a, a, a oh, mental yeah, thing. Definitely agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I was never satisfied with my play on the field. Um, yeah. <laughs> but things like you were saying, like maybe the meeting, being a little mm -hmm. bit later to the meetings and then, you know, that yeah. building up yeah. starts out really early by your oh, six yeah. year senior. Uh, you're not as early. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yep. and I, yeah, so definitely I can see that happening. Um, and it's super easy to fall into that, but I think if you're somebody who can recognize that and not be so okay with being satisfied, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. and it can really take your game to the next level. Yeah. And it's also like I've mentioned before of like what makes D1 athletes and what makes them excel is coachability. And I think that's something that's really important because when you're showing up a little, maybe not late, but you're not as early as you're supposed to be. Like I know for us, it was called bowl time and it was always five minutes throughout our past six years, whether it's bowl time or plus five or whatever it's called, it always got to be the meetings early, which is obviously makes sense. Cause now I'm interviewing for jobs and I got to be early, but then coach Heiss would tell me or somebody would be like, Hey, we got to get it here a little earlier. And it'd be seven in the morning. I'd be like, no, like I'm, I'm fine. And I would just had that complacent mindset. Like I'm a six year senior. I've earned my respect, but that that's not the right mindset. And like, and hopefully people can take away from that. Like, don't kind of, don't think you're like bigger than anything like that, because I've, I didn't think I was bigger than it, but I was like, dude, it's five minutes. Like you check your ego at the door. Me. Like you said, yes. And yeah. I got to just like, remember, and I wish I remembered that. And I, I think by the end of the season, I started that kids I kind of understand kids that. with the biggest egos are the first ones to fall in college ball. Yeah. That's the thing. If you haven't, like, I didn't have one ounce of ego when I first got no, there. No, when I first got there, bro, bro, what? No, I didn't talk so, to like, I talked to people, but I like no ego. Like, yeah, no ego was thrown out. Yeah. You gotta be humble as hell when you first get to college. So especially that first, um, that first, uh, the practice first practice of the year with pads on, <laughs> I got that first hit. Oh yeah. I had no ego. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's, that's a huge, huge thing for anything, any sport, any, um, whatever, even school, if you're going to school and you're computer science and you're smart as shit, uh, check it. You go at the door because your professor probably knows more than you about coding Python or whatever the hell you're coding. So um, that's really important that I've kind of, I battled with this past season just because I think the monotony of having the same routine for six years, I can't imagine how guys in the NFL like Tom Brady for 20 years stay that motivated. Um, and I think just continuing to talk to helpful people too. Like I was always talking to my trainer, Andy, Coach Heist, Coach Cole, line coach coach Stansfield like all these people um sometimes they just remind me like hey like they thought our o-line would be shitty or hey whatever you are like just good things to keep you grounded and keep you motivated so I think um and then just coaching like normal like if coach Cole thought I was lifting like a soft he would tell me that like it was just and I'd be like all right let me let me show this guy <laughs> right. so like little things like that um I think can really help athletes excel is just listening to people around you you trust that's good yeah, I, I mean, I think we covered that pretty thoroughly. Yep. Do you have sure. anything else you want to add? No, if, if people have questions about um, 
more things about becoming a D1 athlete or specific aspects of it, uh, let us know in the comments below. We'd love to answer. Um, be great topics for future videos or just we can respond in the comments. So let us know yeah. if you've got any questions about how to become a D1 athlete uh, or how to excel as a D1 athlete. Of course, we didn't cover every single thing about it. There's many more aspects to it, but that's just kind of our painting with broad brush. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, yep. I couldn't have said it better. Uh, there's so many more deep dives that we could take into that. Yeah. Uh, so go a lot of certain questions. Ways, so yeah, absolutely. You have questions that we can kind of dive deeper in or certain aspects of a question. Love to hear about it. So let us know in the comments below. Cool. Cool. All right. Next. Who influenced us the most athletically? So I can take it from here if you want me to go first. Yeah, sure. You can start. All right, cool. So, so honestly, um, athletically, I would say my first, which is weird because I'm a football player. My mm -hmm. first like athlete crush was Alex Rodriguez. Dude, I was a huge <laughs> Yankees fan. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was a huge Yankees fan. And um, A-Rod was a beast. He was like bigger than everybody he played third base like i always wanted to play third base but they'd always stick oh, me yeah. at first because i was too big high corner baby yeah he batted fourth he did everything and i wanted to be a rod like i just yeah. wanted to be a rod so i i i, <clears throat> uh, I based my whole game off of a rod mm -hmm. and uh i would say football wise it started out with my dad and my brother because to be honest with you, I never really liked football that much. I didn't like to hit. Mm -hmm. And like, <laughs> people probably know that by now. But I'm not <laughs> the biggest like, head slammer. Um, yeah. So I wasn't always huge on football. I liked baseball. and But I saw my brother and my dad, how much they loved football. And they they loved it to like a next level that like I never really understood. You know what I mean? I was always like, dad, I don't want to, I don't want to put this tight ass helmet on and go run into people. Like, it's just not my gig. I don't like it. <laughs> but uh, once, once my brother went to varsity and I started getting a little bit older <clears throat> and I saw like the brotherhood that he, that he formed. And this is, this is what really made me a football player. Mm -hmm. My brother's last game, uh, we lost to Candagua and he came off the field crying like super like bawling his eyes out and I couldn't understand that I was like what what are you crying for but I didn't say anything I'm a little uh, you know what I mean like yeah, he would have yeah, beat yeah. my ass at the time <laughs> if I said anything so yeah. so I'm, I'm watching him cry and then I see my dad start crying and they're like hugging each other and I'm like holy shit like what's going on man like it like struck chord with me mm -hmm. and that next year I got called up to varsity and I started to experience some of that brotherhood and like bonding and that's what really kind of like influenced me to be the athlete that I was uh, at football because I saw how much they cared and how much it could mean to somebody and I wanted that you know what I mean because it's my brother and my dad like I want to share that too yep so I wanted that <clears throat> for myself. So I guess those two would probably have influenced, influenced me the most uh, football-wise yeah. and A-Rod baseball all the way. I'm hitting 500 dingers just like A-Rod. If I was in the MLB right now, A-Rod's my boy. He's my first, first dude I'm calling Ju up. Just, just juice into the gills. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Why not? Uh, bring it back. Stop <laughs> drug testing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Enough of the drug tests. Bro, it'd be a home run derby every game. That'd be sick. I Who know. wouldn't want to pay for that? They gotta have it. Bring it back. Bring it back to bring, pork bats too. Bring back the juice. <laughs> yeah, it's still probably there, as we know in all sports. But um, so then for my those are good influences. Yeah, I like those. Um, so for me, I, yeah, I was a baseball fan, uh, football fan. I never had. I'm trying to think of players I really like idolized. I just liked so many different players. I used to get Sports Illustrated magazine, the kids, um, and I would take out the poster, just put it on my wall, and I have like 55, 60 posters on my wall of just random people, of random players who I liked. But I never had like maybe specific ones. But I was just a massive Bills fan. So that at, at the end of the day, any Bills player, Bills. I was like, yeah. I, as anyone who knows me knows, I'm a massive Bills fan. I'm going to the game uh, this weekend at four, and I went to the last game as well. Um, but go Bills and any Bills player was basically um he influenced they influenced me lee evans wilson gay marshawn lynch even trent edwards and jp lossman even though they're Ooh. disappointing uh, and now josh allen the goat and um so any bills player just got me hyped um i grew up watching football as kind of like my own choice my dad watched casually he's like a casual uh bills fan but not like fanatic like me and my brothers um and I think that almost like he didn't force us to really watch. He's a ho- he's a hockey guy too. He likes hockey, which I never played, and likes baseball. So he was just kind of like, and he'd always be working on the weekends, and like I don't know, he'd just be at work all the time. So me and my brothers would just turn on Sports Center and watch all the sports, and then I watch the Bills on the weekends, and that eventually just kind of grew into who I really idolized. I always watched the starting lineups run out on the field, and I was like, damn, that's fucking sick. Um, and just playing in front of like I remember my first Bills game like you're playing the, those guys are playing in front of 75,000 people. I was in the three hundreds. There's, it was a bills Patriots game. We got whooped by Tom Brady, but like, there was a fight, like a row in front of me. I was like, all right, this is the, like, this is, this awesome. is the environment that I want. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is what we need. So I was a bills mafia fan from since I was young and then went to bills training camp and always watched the players, watch the drills. I used to ask um, the players would come over, sign autographs and I asked them like tips and I could like try to use some like skill they knew in like football I'd be like sixth grade like ask Kyle Williams like what can I do to be a better D lineman I remember bro that's pretty that's pretty like thinking forward like oh yeah I was like sixth grade you know what I mean I I was starstruck I'd be like oh Kyle Williams (laughs) I would know what to say questions yeah you're asking asking questions questions. (laughs) that's yeah so I was especially like those Bills players like Eric Wood Kyle Williams I played O-line D-line for in like middle school high school like every other lineman playing both sides and I always just idolized the Bills players love the Bills Lee Evans particularly was one of my favorites back in the day um and then as I got older I didn't really have many influences like I love Jason Kelsey he's an athletic player even though I'm nothing like him that's uh that's Dirk Nowitzki right there and then so many other NFL players who I love just watching O-line film, like Trent Williams just murder people. Like, that's just a great time to watch, um, even though I don't play a lot like them either. Um, I was more of like a technical, um, average size under below average strength and speed. So I just used my technical ability I learned throughout the years. Um, so definitely idolized Jimmy O'Hagan once I got to UB. He was the starting center. He was two years older than me. And I really, he, he took me under his wing right away, took me under his wing right away. And um, as a walk-on freshman who knew nothing about O-line technique besides blocking power, which is just blocking down for three linemen, pulling a guard and then having a, a back block hinge, 
with the backside tackle, which is a pretty basic play. We ran that all the time in high school, and that's all I knew. And he just taught me so much. So I idolized him throughout my career, wanted to be like him, wanted to start. And um, he was really a big mentor to me. And then also idolized or like, I guess, just really looked up to like Glenn Molnich. He came from Pittsburgh, went to UB, played D1. I never even thought of playing D1 until he went D1. He walked on, got a scholarship, and I was like, dang, that's actually like possible. I never even thought of it. I was just thinking about going into like the Marines or Army after um, high school because I hated school. And I saw Glenn go D1, and that kind of like sparked an interest. And I remember Jake and Josh Mack and other guys getting offers. And then I remember before that, Charlie Schumann, he got offers and played at Penn State. And I didn't realize – I never thought like playing kids from my school would go with D1. Like it was just like I would watch Alabama on TV or Penn State or Ohio State or UB, and I'd be like, dang, that's cool. And, and then I finally knew people playing D1, and I was like, wait a second, that's like real life. I can do that. And eventually started like sophomore and junior year, I wanted to play D1. And then when I got to D1, when I played at UB, um, I looked up, like I said, Jimmy. And then besides that, a lot of UFC fighters. I love watching UFC highlights. I love – that's my second favorite sport besides football. Uh, Dana White. Dana White, yeah. <laughs> Man's a savage. Um, so I'm a big UFC fan, so I love watching, like, just any motivational uh, documentaries about Nate Diaz, Conor McGregor, uh, Francis Ngannou. I'm trying to think of other – Derek Lewis, who's got the best Instagram in the game. Um, I love watching those guys, their stories. Um, I could kind of, especially in off-season training, need that need that motivation because I would usually work out alone or maybe with you or somebody else. But I just love watching those motivational videos. And those were really some athletes that, like, just that mindset. Those guys just were just dogs, um, especially like Nate Diaz. So, so I, I kept it pretty basic. <clears throat> you kind of dived into it a little bit more. But oh, yeah. I kind of want to point Hopefully. out some things. No, I, I like that. And I want to point out some things that I – that I caught from it is that you have different inspirations for different aspects of your game. And I feel like that's yeah. super important. So, and I, and I can dive a little bit deeper into this as well. So like yep. you saying that you weren't the most athletically gifted lineman, mm-hmm. um, you ha- you found a guy that you liked for that reason. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You found a guy that you could relate to and learn something from. And that's why he influenced you. So I was the same way. I wasn't the biggest tight end. Uh, Maybe my freshman year, I was, when I was 260, I was considered a decent size. But once I started getting down in the 240s, 230s, I wasn't that big anymore. So I had to find guys at the next level that Mm -hmm. were my stature and played my game that I liked, you know what I mean? And, And that I could relate to. So, so guys that weren't as big, maybe like the Zach Ertz, or mm-hmm. um, all of them are, are still fairly big. But like the Zach Ertz and, and, and the George Kittles, they're not humongous guys, you know what I mean? Yep. But they're super good with their bodies and they're technical and they make plays. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was really important. And I also like how you pointed out from a different perspective, not even football, you idolize some of the, the UFC fighters. Oh, yeah. And, they influence you because of like their mindset and stuff like that. Is that what you were mm-hmm. saying? Their mindsets? Yeah. I love watching just like, I love watching Nate Diaz. Like he's got a great YouTube channel. It's really yeah. just to the point. And I love, I love watching it because he's not the most like talented guy. Like if he ran a combine, he's not blowing the combine numbers out of right. the water. He's just like a lanky um, Mexican dude. Who's just a savage. And his mindset is really him and Nate and Nick Diaz. Just, I love watching them because I could kind of relate to that because I felt like I had a good gas tank and I wanted to, 
use that as like an advantage. Like, all right, I'm not the strongest lineman. I'm not the fastest, but like, if I just don't get tired, then I'll just, I can just be better because eventually in practice or in the game, I can just take so many reps. And that's what I did throughout my years at UB was just getting so many reps through four years of not starting in practice. I took so many reps of just any position, guard, tackle, center. I played all five throughout practice throughout that time. And they kind of, I watched them as, and they were like motivational because they just, they would be swimming, running, biking and in the off season, I would just push the pace for any of those workouts and um, extra workouts just so I knew, okay, well, I'll be in the best shape I can be. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. so overall, I mean, we both kind of listed a few of ours, but I think it's important just to identify for anybody who's listening that, you know, maybe has an influence is influenced for the wrong reasons. So obviously if you're influenced by somebody, you're influenced by somebody. I don't want to talk you off that bridge, but I feel like it's important to have um, like specific influences, if that makes sense. So like um, a, a, a reason why somebody influences you the way they do, whether it's their swag. So you like the way they look, you like the way they dress. All right, cool. You like that player for that reason. But I feel like it, if you like other players for other reasons that can help your own game, I feel like that's most important. You know what I mean? Um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Taking particular skills or attributes that you can maybe learn or eventually have, or maybe just take a piece of their skill or attribute and, and incorporate into your game eventually through practice, repetitions, um, thinking over in your mind too, having that mind muscle connection is really important in, in football and lifting, whatever you want to do. So yeah, having, influences who have some positive aspects and they're not going to be always perfect of course there's i, I love watching john jones and he's not the most perfect watching, yeah he's from rochester so i'm like all right this guy he, if he's from rochester and he's fighting and he's a ufc champion i'm like all right that's cool like i take that as an influence even though maybe he's you know you can find certain aspects of him i'm not i don't love him because of the stuff he does off uh, out of the octagon that'd be kind of weird to like him for that right yeah yeah huh. I mean, whatever you know what I mean? floats your boat at the end of the day, but yeah, yeah no, I feel you. So finding those positive influences, like you mentioned, is key. And um, it always starts in your house. It's where you, where you grow up, who you're around. Like you said, your older brother, yeah. um, your parents is huge. If you don't have positive influences within your own home, it makes everything so, so, so much harder um, of just going to school, being motivated to go to school. If no one in your family cares about what grades you get, where no one in your family cares about how hard you play or what you do, it's really hard to be motivated in general because nobody's pushing you. Nobody's encouraging you. Nobody's checking up on you. And I think that's something that I witnessed when I got to college, I saw guys, I saw a little bit in high school, but I was privileged. I went to Pittsburgh was a great, great high school. Um, before that I lived in Buffalo and I kind of saw, um, the lack of attention some kids receive. But when I got to college, you see these guys um, who are good people, but sometimes may struggle a little more than others. And it's because they're, they had a tougher upbringing than maybe me or you had. Um, they went through different challenges or maybe they weren't challenged enough um, in certain aspects of their life, like education um, or athletics in the off season, maybe was neglected from certain people. And that's really important to recognize as well is those influences. Sometimes you can't control. Um, you know, we had, we couldn't control influences, but they were fantastic. And some other guys have bad influences, right? And they've got to, and the thing is for them, we didn't experience that. At least I know I, I didn't experience having terrible influences. So it's tough for me to tell them how to think because they just were brought up from, from when they were born. They had, 
influences who weren't as positive for their life. But I think it's just another challenge that if you started out with tough influences or not positive influences, and you eventually work your way to playing D1, and then from there is try to keep having that positive mindset, finding those positive influencers, um, whether it's social media or just athletes, like we were mentioning, or anybody, but finding just a mentor, whether it's going to church, whether it's lifting with your high school coach, um, any of that stuff can really help uh, people find positive influences and just get them in the right direction. Absolutely. Like Mike Tyson finding his trainer there. I forgot the guy's name, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, after he had that old old dude as a trainer was just a savage. Yeah. Like he did like mind control tricks on Mike Tyson too. Which is kind yeah, of dude. Uh, so maybe not. Maybe not that guy, but you know. I mean, you know what championship. Yeah, it is true. Mike Tyson is Mike Tyson. Um, yeah. But yeah, I feel like you know putting those puzzle pieces together and finding a good influence uh, is is huge and uh, massive. Yeah. All right. Cool, man. I think that was, that's pretty good, right? Yeah. I think so. Let us know in the comments if it's good or bad. Yeah. Facts. Let us know if you <laughs> suck. Yep. Um, and then I guess the next thing we can talk about is kind of the differences that we experienced and other people experienced maybe that they told us is from their, um, from their journey from high school to college uh, football, or it could be other sports too. If people have questions um, or comments or want to let us know about their transition from high school to college football. I know it's different for all levels, whether you're going to D1, D2, D3, um, JUCO, prep school. They're all different experiences. They're all um, respected experiences by us. Just because we play D1 doesn't mean we think D2 or D3 athletes are not as good. I know so many of my friends play D2, D3, just absolute grinders who I thought could have been contributors on D1 teams and just didn't get found. Or maybe it was just a better fit financially or athletically to go to those um, smaller schools. Um, Cam Newton, dude. Cam Newton was a Juco kid. Yeah, Juco. Ali Marpet, an absolute beast offensive lineman. He's a guard for Tampa. He played he at went Hobart. To Hobart, right? Yep. Yeah, he went yeah. to Hobart. Yeah. So, whatever level, um, we're going to talk about our experiences from high school to D1. But if you're going to D3, you can still relate to these because maybe they're just not as drastic, or maybe they are if you're playing at an insane D3 school like Whitewater, or some really good other D3s like Brockport, or they have really good talent. Um, so what, what do you think? What are the biggest differences that you noticed right off the gate, right out of the gate in, uh, in June, 2016? Um, and then from there, from high school to college. Yeah. Um, speed. Yep. Physicality. Overall time consumption or like life consumption, life consumption, if that makes sense. Oh, it makes sense. Yeah. Those three, boom, boom, boom. If I had to pick any, those are it. And, yeah. and, I'll let you, I'll let you name yours at, uh, in, in just a second. Yep. But just to go off that time consumption, I thought I was dedicated in high school. I was dedicated in high school. I'm not going to, I mean. Yeah, there's I levels of dedication. I had the size and stature, but I wasn't that athletic. I had to work for that. I really had mm -hmm. to work for that. And I really wasn't that athletic when I went to college uh, compared to where I was at the end of college. Uh, that was all work ethic. So I had a good work ethic in high school, but just the overall consumption of life that football takes, especially at the division one level. I know it does at all levels, <clears throat> but at the division one level, especially because they're paying you to be there in most mm -hmm. cases. Yep. Um, it, they, they expect a lot. They expect a lot. So yeah, those are my top three right there. We can dive into them a little bit more. I'm going to, I'm going to let you go ahead though. Yeah. So 
the differences I noticed, like you said, was first of all, game speed, and that can probably go for any sport or any competition that you're transitioning to a high, higher level. Um, this the overall game speed was much faster. So um, as a lineman, I need to work up to the second level often. If I'm not blocking a D tackle, I'm going to a linebacker. Um, in my practices as a freshman, when I went up to the linebacker, the linebacker was not there. I did not see a linebacker. I was just looking around like there is no linebacker here. And it's because number four, Khalil Hodge was way faster Already gone. than I was. He was gone. He was, he made the tackle and I'm looking for the linebacker. Um, and the game speed is so much quicker. And that's something that um, some guys who come in as freshmen just click right away. And some guys don't. And I think that, I think that matters and is impacted by your high school competition. So if you're playing against just absolute beasts in high school, that's why people recruit Florida so heavily, Texas, these big high schools, Ohio, is because their game speed has a bunch of D1, D2, and D3 players playing in it. It's not just random kids who are going to go in a frat in six months at a, at a, at a college. There are a bunch of high school kids who are going to play in college, and that really impacts um, the game speed. So when they transition from a high-level high school to UB, or to whatever D1 or D2 or D3 school, they're used to that game speed a little more than maybe we were playing in Section 5 in New York. What were you to say? Absolutely. No, I couldn't agree yeah. more because, dude, when I would go back and watch my high school, and I and I thought our high school was good at the time, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Until I went to college and realized that because we were playing against our bums. But, yeah. no, nah, I'm kidding. Shout out Section 5. Uh, that's home. But, anyways, when I would go back, it's like watching it in slow motion. It's like watching a football game in slow motion. You're like, why are these kids not running? They are. But it's <laughs> the game speed is just ridiculous. It, yeah. The change, you know what I mean? Um, and I, for sure, benefited from that redshirt year just because I needed that acclimation period. When oh, people yeah. come in and they're like, oh, I don't want a redshirt. Well, I wanted a redshirt. Yeah. After that first week of practice, and I realized – how much I needed to grow and, and mature and just get used to that game speed. I, I wanted the red shirt. So yeah. again, that's another thing that we could get into is the red shirting and all that, but not for right now, but yeah. Um, game speed, man, especially, especially from like a New York state and, and I'm not throwing shade at New York, but compared to like a Texas or like a California, Ohio, um, Florida, those kind of high schools are going to have better game speed. And in, 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 in most cases, those kids will acclimate better than the kids from Northeastern, you know, New York. Yeah, that's, that's all. Yeah, for sure. And that's, that's, I think that's an attribute um, that maybe is lacked somewhat in New York, but I think it's also underrated in New York. Like we have a lot of talent that goes unnoticed in New York state. And so many kids leave New York state to go to other high schools. There's so many kids right now who are going to California to go to high school to finish high school um, from section five. I know in particular, which is just unfortunate because coaches don't spend enough time recruiting Rochester. And I know you be in other schools are making it more of a focus. Now, even Pitt has come up and got a, uh, a receiver from Glenn's high school um, in maritime in Buffalo, but overlooking Section five, section six has been really unfortunate to see because imagine if you can just fill a team with guys like studs from section five, um, even guys like Jameer Jones and other guys. Like if you got all of them just at UB, like that would make our team really, really good. Um, so I think game speed's big and something we didn't necessarily see. And I think also time played. Like I only played one season as a starter in high school 
and maybe playing as a sophomore, a junior, a senior starting for three years in high school, maybe even a smaller school, you're getting used to playing against faster kids. And then you, as a, as a young kid, so as a sophomore or freshman, right. you're playing on varsity, you might get to college and it might, you might click a little easier just because you've always been ahead of that age curve. You know what I mean? So like I played, fantasy, go ahead. Um, so in, I was just gonna mention in fantasy metrics, there's a thing called breakout age, which is really important when I like dynasty fantasy football. If anyone is likes dynasty fantasy football, please let me know in the comments. I don't, it's not a hugely popular field, but I'm a big fan of it. And college dominator and age rating is really important. So when you break out, the breakout age is, is a big factor. So if you break out at age 19 compared to 21, that 19 year old is more um, sought after in the NFL draft or in fantasy drafts because they broke out playing at 19 against 21, 22, 23 year olds, right. rather than breaking out at 21. So yeah. what were you to say? Honestly, I completely forgot. Oh shit. I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're good. That was, uh, <laughs> I completely forgot. Um, no, all good. So another, so then we're talking, I've got a little bit of notes here. So game speed was one, a deck with football, um, which is completely fine. Um, just to play, they have fun, just to hang out with their friends and their, their goals aren't to play high school football, have fun with their friends after school from 330 to 530 and play on um, Fridays or Saturdays, get their jersey to their girlfriend, um, and that's, and that's fine. And that's, there's, but there's def, different levels of dedication because those kids aren't the ones just absolutely going crazy in the weight room over the off season. They might not even be there in the off season. And then college off season is huge. It's the most important time of the year for building players who, especially who just redshirted or young players, underdeveloped players, players from smaller schools with less game speed. If you're struggling with game speed, spring ball is massive. So all these different aspects of dedication is key. When you get to college, you have to be like you said, time is massive, um, and you spend so much more time working on football. You have to you have to miss a lot of different events because of football. Um, you have less time to hang out with friends, which is why your football team is really um, your family and your best friends are going to be on on the football team or whatever sport you play in college because the amount of dedication for successful athletes is astronomical. Is that something you would kind of uh, agree with as well? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, yeah, I did remember what I was going to say. So I want to spit this out before I forget it again. Um, I played varsity as a sophomore in high school. Mm -hmm. So I did grow like grow into that game speed with the yeah. time. So I do agree with you that sometimes, uh, but, he, but here's where I don't is that even sure. though I did that sophomore to, 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 uh, on varsity, that yeah. still didn't help me that much at going to that next level. Do you know what I mean? Oh, for sure. But I think my counter to that would be like you, Molnich, Fuse, um, you all played as a sophomore. I know Fuse maybe even played as a freshman in high school. Um, I didn't play like meaningful snaps until late junior and senior year. And then you guys played much quicker at UB than I did. Like, I didn't see a snap until 2018. Like, you guys, you were playing. Jake was playing. All three of you guys played. Fuse, Molnich, and yourself all played in 2017, 2018. Like, I didn't really contribute until, like, 2020. You know what I mean? Uh, maybe acclimated a little quicker. I don't right. know if you have to think about that. Yeah, no, I could see that. I could absolutely understand that. I, I don't know if it's just um, mine. 
Are you noticing the the connection going at all? No, is mine going? I, I think it's I think it's mine. I just hope that the recording doesn't get botched. But we'll keep it going. I don't think it's anything too severe. Okay, let me just turn my Wi-Fi off. One second, because my Wi-Fi is fucking shitty. Um, let's see here. Already right, got me. Nope. Not yet. Sorry. We can edit You're this good? part out too. Yeah, no, it's not a problem. Nope. Can you see me Bang. now? Gotcha. All right, sweet. Um, so yeah, as we were saying, the differences between um, high school and college, game speed, dedication, time consumption. And then another note we uh, had down was how life changes overall. Um, why don't you talk about what do you, what do you kind of mean by that? I think what I meant was just like, what, what I noticed the most was that like, I was expecting more of like, more of like a college experience, I guess in high school when I was looking at like being a college football player, like you get the college experience too. And I, I didn't get so much of that. Um, so like in high school, it's so like, at least for me, like during football season in high school, that was time to lock in. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But once football season was over, eh, like you still locked in, like in the weight room yeah. and stuff yeah, like I that. Understand. But you're not watching film every day. You're not waking up yeah. at 6 a.m. every day to go lift. You might go lift mm -hmm. after school. You know what I mean? Um, you're not doing four day a week conditionings. So yep. it's different. And once I got that to the next level at division one, and I realized it's football is not just a, a four month period. It's not just through August, you know, until late oh, November yeah. it's, it's 12 months. And that's, kind of like that was the biggest change for me life-wise <clears throat> was just realizing how much football actually actually was going to take over um and I'm not gonna lie to you it it was tough the first year for me just because I so wasn't ready for it and like coaches would like tell me all the time they'd be like do you love football I was like yeah I love football and they're like well you need to love football if you want to play D1. That's what they used to tell me. And that was always one of their first questions was, do you love football? And now I understand why they ask you that. Do you love mm -hmm. football? Because you got to love football. Yeah. Um, if you're someone who's not fully in, the amount of time and effort that it takes to be a Division One athlete or just any athlete at, at any level, I don't think you're going to make it. You know what I mean? Uh, sure. Or you'll struggle much harder than somebody who, who truly does love and care for the game. So yeah. I would say that was probably the biggest life change for me. It was just the overall like encompassing of the life, like football, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. It's, yeah. So that was, that was probably my biggest life change. Yeah. And I can totally agree with that. And I think there's so many aspects to how your life changes um, through football when you're in college. Um, even in the beginning, like right away, you got to learn the playbook. You're bringing the playbook home in high school. You never brought the playbook home. At least for us, we didn't even have a written playbook. Like you're bringing the playbook home. I'm learning what this play is, what the tag means, all this different stuff. Like every night in a hotel, like I'm stressing out trying to figure out the play, the tempo, when it's no huddle, what does Indians mean? I need to know all this stuff. Um, so even that, just the complexity um, of the playbook, which you, you have to bring football home. I never brought football home. 
when I was in high school. I just, no. I left practice. I took off my helmet. I was done. I was Football done, was done after practice. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, dude, it's way different. So then when you go home, you got to, in college, you're watching film when you, either you come back to the facility, which I like to do. And some guys like to watch on their computer or your phone, either one you're watching film every day, most of the part, especially during practice, whether it's fall or spring ball, you're always watching film. You always want to see yourself. You want to see other guys, how you're improving compared to other guys and just in general, how the team's doing. And then another big aspect that you bring home that maybe in high school you don't, and maybe if you're a high schooler, it's a good thing to add is nutrition. So for myself, I started to kind of understand the importance of nutrition as, as you know, now as a trainer, um, the importance of it for athletic performance. So when I was in high school, a junior year, Coach Molnich told me at the end of, my, end of my junior year, he was like, you can be a really good player. you got to get bigger. Coach Burnus, who was the offense corner, said the same thing. And I was like 230. Um, and then, so that offseason, I was like, all right, I'm going to be a lineman. I'm going to get big. And I used to watch all these videos. And then by next year, I was 290. So I gained 60 pounds <laughs> in one offseason. And I was fat as hell. Um, but I got, I was like... I, my shakes after I work out, I get this optimal nutrition, serious mass, which is just like freaking diabetes and like I used to take that too. Oh yeah. So I would take that, put in raw eggs, put in whatever, whole milk, um, anything just to gain weight. And I did, I gained weight pretty quickly. Um, but that was a good job for me. Like I never, I never like even thought about what I ate until I started looking into gaining weight and I realized how important protein was. And I started tracking on my fitness pal. Okay. I need to hit my body weight and protein. I need to do this and that I need to have carbs around my workout, stuff like that. Um, so I could perform at a higher level level and gain weight. Um, and in college there, you have usually a nutritionist or at least, um, some kind of nutrition intern who helps out with that. Your coaches talk about nutrition much more. And if you're somebody who maybe is playing in college sports now, you understand what we mean by the importance of nutrition and how um, you take it home with you from football practice. Yeah. So I'd say the take-home factor too is that was good. That that's huge is the take-home mm -hmm. factor, just how it never ends. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and if you're somebody like me and you who, who cares so much about our play and are never satisfied with our play, then you're going to want to do that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? It might seem like a hassle at first, but then at the end, like towards, I would say it was a hassle for me right to your freshman year when I wasn't playing. Yeah. Um, that's when it was kind of a hassle for me. Once I started stepping on the field, um, that, that film after practice, that film before practice, the studying the playbook day in and day out, taking it home like that that's that was that was crazy to me mm -hmm. after football practice is over the coaches would expect us to go home and then watch film on practice I didn't get that as a freshman and then years down the line I, I understood it and yep. I started playing more and I and I wanted to do it because I wanted to get better I wasn't satisfied with it so I'd see some of my practice and be like mm -hmm. dang I really don't like that I want to I want to get better at that next practice and that's a really, no, I think that's a really beneficial mindset to have too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's one more thing before we move on to the next topic is, um, like we said, um, game speed, dedication levels, time consumption, bring it home. The life changes overall, nutrition. And I think sleep is also something that you kind of neglect as a high schooler because you can just operate on five, six hours of sleep like 100%. it's nothing. And even when you first get to college, you're like, all right, I'll be fine. I'm going to go to bed midnight, wake up at five, do my hydration test, kill it. 
but then eventually like that sleep catches up with you at least for me like if i don't if i'm under like six hours i'm i'm toast um and i try to get seven i'm, I'm every the same night. way yeah i try to get seven madeline needs like 10 um so she influences me to go to bed but sometimes i just i just don't feel like it there you go influencer shout yeah. out madeline positive yeah positive influence but like so I'm reading the vertical diet book right now and it talks about sleep and that's just something I'm trying to get better at is having a nighttime routine, using blue light glasses, reading before I go to bed, having a, a, just a routine in general, going to bed somewhat early. And I think that's something in high school, so many kids are just like, fuck it. Like I don't need to sleep or, or you just procrastinate your projects and you're doing homework until midnight. And then you've got to wake up for school at six. And then you feel like crap in your practice. You don't practice well, your coaches don't think you're that good, but you really just practice shitty because you were tired then you don't start then you don't get looked at for college like sleep can have a big, big impact on your life and it's something i'm sure neither one of us really thought about that often maybe you did but i know i didn't i was just like absolutely I, I mean yeah i never even thought about it and i'd go in my room at like 11 supposed to wake up at seven and i look at my phone until fucking 1 a.m yeah um so that's another really big aspect that all athletes and all people just can incorporate and that's something i'm trying to continue to work on day in and day out dude I used to shit. I don't know. Okay, I'm going to say it anyways. <clears throat> I used to show up to like Saturday morning practices or like Saturday morning lifts we would have after the game. So yeah. incredibly hungover in high school. Sorry. Let me. Pre- yeah. This is in high school. I would show up maybe off of like two hours of sleep. So hungover. Just still hammered. <laughs> yeah. I could never in college do that. No never so yes yeah, sleep huge if i didn't get like you were saying six hours a night in college i was dragging at practice yeah hurt yeah. and coaches would notice too oh yeah um yeah coaches will notice but going along with sleep i think another thing that you know almost kind of taught you're taught this mm-hmm. uh through the coaches and, and just the lifestyle um going to college ball time management and i know that's a huge topic that we can go off of and uh, another tangent sometime so but just to cover it real briefly because it goes with sleep you got to have time management if you're not doing your homework if so so if you practice what they block off six hours of the day right for practice it's usually six in the morning to to noon yeah or they do one to to seven at night Something like so that, that's yeah. blocked off for football, film, studying, all football related. Well, then you got schoolwork on top of that that you got to get done. So you better time manage that. And then you still need to get that six to seven, eight hours of sleep a night. So I think time management and having that is a huge skill. Um, and if you don't have that skill, <clears throat> people can struggle pretty hard yeah. with just sleeping. Yeah, absolutely. Time management is critical, and especially after football um, or after college or after high school, when you start working, time management is another critical aspect that I'm putting down my resume right now when I'm applying to jobs. I'm saying, look, I've managed my time for six years. I know how to travel, take a test, study the playbook, study the game plan, play a game, do it all over again, week in, week out, week out, juggling a bunch of different tasks, having checklists, having a plan to succeed, um, planning out your day, having a calendar, all that stuff is really important as time management. Um, so I think that's something we can cover more in detail 
in the future. Yeah, but yeah, time management is a massive, massive um, component of uh, transitioning from high school to college football. Um, okay, so then we'll go to these Q and A's. Kind of going, yeah. Now we're going to kind of go into our Instagram um, Q and A. So you can we we put this poll out on our uh, Instagrams. Uh, mine is J Fred Clink K L E N K fifty seven is my Instagram, and then Zach um, is Zach Z A C underscore Lefave. That's L E F E B V R E eighty nine. And then he also has the Apex Pursuit, which is at the Apex, A-P-E-X Pursuit. Um, so we put up those polls on our Instagrams. Go follow us there, and we'll leave that in the description as well. And we kind of asked you guys, our followers, which will hopefully grow through this podcast. What do you guys, what are the questions? Yep, you got the, he's got the brand right there. Let's go. I need to get a little logo. What's the back there? The, uh, is that your, um, yeah, just, just bragging about myself, basically. No, nah, it's got my, uh, uh-uh, it's got my oh, uh, yeah. links on there. Little, uh, little business card there. Uh, yeah. So shout out to all of you guys in our Instagram. DMs, though. We're gonna post questions. the polls there. Um, that's a fact. That is a fact. So we have a couple questions lined up. We've we're not gonna talk about every single one of them, but we're gonna talk about every single one of them eventually um so kind of for today the first question um that we have is the our opinions on being a walk-on and i imagine that is a reference to walk-on at d1 um so i guess i'll start on this because i came in as a walk-on um and then i want to hear your opinion actually as well because it's good to hear other people's opinions who haven't experienced it um so walking on you either walk on as a preferred walk-on so if you see kids tweet out pwo that's a preferred walk-on um, or you can be a walk-on tryout. So guys like Giovanni Ruiz and um, other uh, Chibuzi, other great guys walked on and uh, they tried out and then the team invited them to come play on the team. That's the two ways you can be on a team um, by being a walk-on. So what does a walk-on mean? A walk-on is when you're not on scholarship and in the D1 FBS level, that means you're not on full scholarship. And then in FCS, it's different because you can get partial scholarships. So I'm going to mean be mainly talking about D1 because that's what I play. That's what I know. Um, so my opinions on it, well, it, you've got to have, like we mentioned, dedication is huge. Um, you've got to know what you're in for. So you've got to know it's going to take a little time to play. It's going to take a little time to get the respect of maybe the coaches or the players who don't know you as well. Maybe you tried out and you came in the third week of the season. You've got to know that it's going to take a little while to get integrated into the locker room. And you've got to earn your respect. You're not going to have that you're not going to have the same amount of respect as guys who came in on scholarship. And that's okay because they earned the respect by being really highly touted high school players. So don't be bitter towards them. It's just the way it is. You're going to have a little less respect. Um, but then when you play hard on the field, you gain the respect immediately. So you can gain the respect quickly by how you lift in the, in the weight room, how you play on the field. Um, and then, so you join the team that way. So I joined, um, as a preferred walk-on, Coach Molnich luckily convinced UB to take me because um, I didn't know if they were going to take me, but luckily they did. So I would have to try out. And I came to UB as a walk-on and joined the team, came in with all the regular um, scholarship players in June right after graduation. Sometimes walk-ons can wait until camp. I don't recommend that. I say get integrated right away with your class. It's really important to be tight with your class. And that's how I kind of came in. 
Um, you've got to have, have a mentality here as a note. I think as we, we already kind of went over the mentality, don't be satisfied, stay humble, check your ego at the door. All those things are really important. Um, so what do you think about that, Zach? What are your kind of um, opinions of walk-ons and just uh, that process that you kind of watched at, during your career? Yeah. Um, and honestly, I think UB had a great walk-on system. I think all yeah. the walk-ons at UB, well, most of them were harder workers than the guys on scholarship. You know what I mean? Yeah, walk-ons. So, yeah. yeah. And, and kind of like you were saying that, like, you got to earn your respect because you, you're not some highly uh, toted or what was the word you use? Highly touted. Touted. Yeah recruited athlete um i agree but i also disagree because i'm not going to base or or give you less respect because you weren't recruited you know what i mean if you show up and i see you're a guy that's working their ass off every day and you're working harder than the guy next to me who's on scholarship you're getting more respect than that guy is you know what i mean absolutely so yeah um, one thing I just want to mention, I think yeah, go ahead. earning respect to teammates is immediate. So when you're walking, you come and you work hard. You, it's, I'm not really mentioning, I'm talking about more with coaches. Sometimes it takes a little more, a little while to gain okay. the trust and respect of the coaches, um, compared to scholarship players, at least from my experience. I got you. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. So um, what else, what, what other kind of thoughts do you have about it? Just overall, like being a walk-on? Yeah. I guess just your opinions or kind of what, what you saw uh UB yeah like I was saying I, I think UB had a great system for walk-ons and a lot of them ended up being or being put on scholarship um yep and I don't want to start naming guys because I don't want to forget any uh yeah I feel that you know what I mean but there's a lot of them that did end up being put on scholarship and that was because of their work ethic how they came in and were consistent I feel like being consistent as a walk-on is huge yeah so Great if you're point. consistently on time, that's that's huge. Mm-hmm. If you're just consistently doing everything that you can to the best of your abilities, that's that's going to be the biggest key factor being a walk-on. Be more yeah. consistent than the guy across from you who's on scholarship. Coaches will yeah. realize that, and coaches recognize cons- consistency, and they want to see that, and they want to see guys who fit their system. So when coaches come in, obviously they have a system that they want to run in a certain, uh, not system, but uh, what am I trying to? Yeah, a culture. Culture, exactly. Yep. They have a culture that they want to have the team feed into. If you're a walk-on and you feed into that culture and you fit that culture and you're consistent, I think, you know, the sky's the limit for you. Yeah, Absolutely consistency is massive um reliability just be reliable be on time like zach mentioned right right if you're a walk-on right now if you're thinking about being a walk-on and then another massive massive thing is to stay patient you're not going to play most guys at least some guys play right away but most guys you're going to take a little while to play you're not going to play in your first year you're good at red shirt you might not play your second year that happened to me i didn't i didn't play my second year i didn't see a snap and that was demoralizing um but you've just got to stay you've just got to stay in there man like like I was talking about the fighters, they just sometimes you just got to stick it out, take that, lose that round, and then just keep moving on. Sometimes like it's like that. Um, so just have that patience. As long as you're working hard, you're doing everything right, 
you talk to your coaches, you ask, what can you do better? You focus on those things. You're moving in the right direction. So you've got to have those, that patience. Sometimes guys don't play right away. You don't play your first or second year and that's okay, but just keep working. And uh, like you said, the sky's the limit. And, and that's, that's all you can do. Be a great teammate. Don't become bitter if you don't play. Some guys after a season or two, they don't play. They just start going just self-destruct mode. They, they, they hate the coaches. They hate the players. They get that's jealous of your guys. ego getting away too. Yeah. You can't, you can't be a poisonous player in the locker room just because you no. don't play. No. That's a massive, that's a massive thing to mention. That's only going to hinder your growth and potential. Yeah. And then you're probably going to quit and, yeah. um, but you're going to just negatively impact a lot of people on the way out. So don't, don't get better and stay patient as a walk on, continue to work hard, check it, go at the door, all that stuff. If you've got more specific questions about being a walk on, um, please let us know in the comments. Um, and then why don't we head over to the next question, which is, um, which is advice on a dude who would like his son to play football in the future. So why don't you leave this one off, Zach? What do you think about this? So this is hard for me. Yeah. Um, this is hard for me for, and, I, and I'll tell you why. If I have a son, mm-hmm. I don't want him playing football. And that's a whole other podcast. And can go into injuries, mental health, things like that. If I could, I would have, I would rather have my son excel in a different sport if he wants to play sports. You know what I mean? Um, If I had to answer this, advice on a dude who would like his son to play football in the future. Yeah. I don't know. That's tough, man. Because... That's right. Yeah, I'll I'll let you take the reins on this. And if I have anything, I can chime in. So I know the guy who asked this, and it's a good question because he didn't play... He didn't play football. His high school was too small to play football. And like many people, that's sometimes a case you want to play football. You grew up around an NFL team, college team, but your high school is small. You don't have a football team and you want your kid to play football. Well, first of all, your kid has to like football. Your kid has to really want to play football. If your kid's not begging you to play football, you don't need to sign them up to play football. I think that was a big thing that my parents did. They didn't, they didn't make me play football. They never even signed me up to play football. I begged to play football for years and they said no. Until I was in sixth grade, they were like, no, you're not going to play football. You're not going to get hit in the head when you're a second grader and be an idiot. So like they, they, they wanted me to really beg them. And they also looked out for my health. So I think that's a big thing. I wouldn't, I would have your kid play sports. The thing is like, right. You want to prevent head injuries, but if you're playing sports, a lot of sports, you're going to get hit in the head. Like you go play soccer, you're going to get concussions too. You go play volleyball, go play women's volleyball, man. Some of those women just spike right on somebody's head. Like you can get oh, yeah. in other sports, but I think preventing those traumatic um, injuries in football or waiting till a later age. I mean, I've read about concussions and stuff somewhat. I'm no doctor, but I think waiting until a later age, maybe wait until middle school, maybe high school, somewhere around there, modified football in seventh grade is a great option. Um, and I think as they're talking about now, heads up football is really important. Not using the crown of your helmet not headbutting people all the time and then making sure. So your kid wants to play football. That's huge. You can't just make them play football. If they don't want to play football, don't sign them up because if they don't want to play football, they're not going to try their hardest and they're going to get waxed in practice. They're going to get their bell rung all the time in practice for no reason. If they're not obsessed about playing football, your kid want, needs to play, needs to want to play football. First of all, if they do, you need to, you need to also talk to them about the risks of playing football. You've got to inform them. You can't just, you can't just sign them up or have them play and not tell them, Hey, you might, 
get injured. You might hurt your head. You might hurt your neck, your back, your shoulders, whatever. You've got to inform them of the risk. You want informed consent. Even from your kids, you want to make sure they understand what's going on because you don't want to have them get hurt and be like, dang, I wish I just played soccer with my best friend. Be like, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't tell you you could tear your shoulder. So that's really important as well. Um, and I think teaching them proper technique, like I mentioned, you want to make sure your kid has a really good coach. So if you're going to have your kid play football, you want to make sure you trust the coach. Luckily, I, I had great coaches throughout my career and I trusted all of them. So did my parents, but that's a huge aspect that maybe some coaches like you see on, on Twitter, you'll see these kids doing the nutcracker drill. They're laying on their backs. Their heads are damn near touching. One kid has the ball. One doesn't, they run head first into each other. And then they're like, the helmets are bigger than their torsos. So you want to make sure your kid has a great coach, doesn't play too early. And also is playing other sports before they play football. Make sure they're athletic. Make sure they have a cardio base, a strength base. Go do some, I don't know, wrestling, you could have head impacts too, but I think wrestling is a great sport that I wish I stuck it out. I quit because I was soft um, in eighth grade or after eighth grade, but I think wrestling is a great sport to do. Baseball, lacrosse is a great sport, hockey. Um, and of course you get hit in the head and nose, but a lot of like hockey, you don't check until a little while. Football, you start right away. So play for some flag football, like we mentioned. Don't get as many traumatic brain injuries before you're probably in eighth, ninth grade. Um, and then make sure your kid really wants to play. Don't just force them to play. I think yeah. wanting to play is huge. So if they want to mm -hmm. play, that's that's a big thing. Um, yep. Don't force them. <clears throat> yep. I think another way that could help, maybe if your kid isn't interested in football and you kind of want to get them interested in football, make like a Sunday night or like a Monday night with Monday night football. Make it like a family event. Mm -hmm. So like start introducing them to the game little by yeah, little. That's great. You know what I mean? So like have like Monday night be like, all right, we're going to order pizza and we're going to watch Monday night football. That's a good way to start introducing your kid to the game. Um, and maybe at that point, a little bit later down the line, he starts learning more football. He picks a favorite team. And now he wants mm -hmm. to play. You know what I mean? Now he's influenced by guys. So I think wanting to play them wanting to play is huge uh, yep. maybe introducing it to them slowly with things like that is another yep. big thing and safety don't set your kid up for failure so like like I, like we were saying if he's not a kid who wants to go out there and be physical football is probably might not be your sport yeah and then also it's really something i never really even understood but teach if your kid maybe is undersized not very athletic but still wants to play football, teach them how to long snap. Um, because Dude, long skill snappers, positions in football, long snapping, kicking, come on. Punt, yes, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Learn how to be a specialist. Um, if you're, or maybe you're, you play soccer and you like football, learn how to punt, learn how to kick, or learn how to long snap. You can get a scholarship or you can even just get a preferred walk on. You can be 510. 180 average size kid but if you're an elite long snapper dude you can get on a team so that's another thing if your kid maybe you're looking at them in high school and they're like wait a second this is a he's a sophomore he's not that big i'm not that big as a parent my wife's not that big maybe talk to see if they want to start long snapping that's a great it's other a good way to get football. them involved you're on the team you're in the locker room you have a great time and right. you're also not not exposing yourself to massive injuries as well which is really absolutely big. so that's another great more. option to look into is maybe being a long snapper, a kicker, something like that, which is you're still in the locker room. You're still respected. You're still loved within the locker room. The specialists are usually the funniest guys. Um, so that's another great option. If your son wants to play football, maybe is undersized or isn't very physical. That could be something that works as well.
that's good that's good yeah all right um so number three here we got five of them but number three here uh did you guys receive any special treatment as athletes any any robert Kraft treatment for you what's that any robert Kraft treatment for you not for me not for me um so i i, I you know what that means or not no oh <laughs> should i should i am i dumb yeah i mean hopefully the viewers do but so it's um let me just talk about it real quick before, and then you could talk about your special treatment if you got any so robert Kraft, um he's the patriots owner and um he was arrested in florida around the super bowl a few years ago because he was getting a little happy ending massages oh i remember um, that no okay yeah. and he was like 75 <laughs> <laughs> no it was pretty funny that didn't happen to me all right <laughs> disappointing um yes. so yeah no i wouldn't say any like special treatment <clears throat> i would say some professors are definitely more lenient towards athletes than others uh if you want to call that special treatment <laughs> sorry uh by the way guys if you made it this far i am 100 sick and i'm not going to say the word because youtube will actually demonetize or not demonetize, but they won't push out the video as hard if you say that word. The damn Wuhan flu got him. Yeah. Yep. Mad cow disease. So anyways, yeah, I would say some professors are more lenient towards um, athletes with like timing of like maybe due dates and stuff like that. Um, yep. But I know what special treatment they're trying to, get out of me here like money gifts stuff like that i wish i wish yeah and at buffalo it, <laughs> a school in the mac it's not as prevalent um yeah. i would say compared to some of these bigger schools where guys get busted for you know signing autographs for thousands of dollars so mm -hmm. in my experience no i would say the biggest special treatment would probably be I guess with professors, just a little bit more leniency, I guess. What about you? Yeah. Yeah. I think the professors, they're understanding, not, not always though. Sometimes the professors are maybe oh, yeah. like bitter towards athletes. Cause I think that all the funding should go towards education, even though the teachers are freaking shitty. Um, but that's, that's a different point because SUNY is SUNY doesn't support the SUNY athletics enough. And that's a different problem to talk about, but um special treatment no obviously i came as a walk-on we didn't get paid and i don't think anybody did in the mac like you said that's not a thing that happens um that i know of and i guess the biggest thing for me that's not special but it's something that regular students don't have for free is tutoring tutoring was massive for me um and that was a, just an extra perk that we got as athletes and for certain classes like computer science or other difficult math classes for me that didn't always click having a tutor for free that I could sign up for, go meet in alumni arena and talk to about what I was struggling with, how to study it better, um, how to help me with homework and assignments and studying was massive. So I think that's really, that's gotta be the biggest thing. Um, other treatment received is, I mean, we've got, we've got um, trainers, so they help us with injuries. It's really important. We got strength coaches and then um, we have nutritionists who help us, but um, nothing special as um, this person probably implied, like happens at, you know, right. Par five Alabama's. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, a, that's, yeah. A, that's another whole thing that we could go into is just the perks, I guess you would call them yep. being 
an athlete that that'd be a good topic to cover in, in a podcast so let us know if you guys want to hear about that um whether it comes to tutoring being fed meals money uh, uh the the equipment um or the uh the training staff and stuff like that so that'd be good to talk about so let us know if you guys want to hear about that but as yeah. far as what i think they're going after here i don't i would say no not in the yeah, uh no. mac level yeah, the negative yeah all right, next one. Favorite bulking meals. So I, I try to keep these mostly football related, and honestly, we can keep this football related. So no, it can be. We can do whatever we want, honestly. All right, cool. All right, favorite bulking meal. Do you want to keep it clean? Is it a clean bulking? No, no, meal? no, 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 no. Uh, so no. it's is, so should it be favorite cheat meal? I think it's like a constructive cheat meal. So like, it's got to have some protein in there. Okay. All right. Do you know ahead. what I mean? Um, favorite bulking meal. Okay, so I guess we can do one clean, one dirty. Is that cool? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so a clean bulking meal is a massive bowl of rice or protein pasta with steak, um, and probably preferably like a fatty steak, like a ribeye or something. That if you're Ooh. trying to bulk, I love steak. That's my favorite food. Um, so I would say favorite bulking clean meal is rice and steak. Shout out Stan Efforting, the vertical diet, which I'm learning a lot about right now. I'm reading his book that I got for Christmas, and he's talking about the importance of, um, you know, just steak and rice, carb carbs and protein after you get micronutrients. So that's really important for cleaning for me. I love steak and um, rice when I'm trying to gain weight, especially during the season. This season, I struggled with weight in the beginning because I had mono this past camp. So I didn't really practice or do anything. So I had to gain weight. I had to gain like 20 pounds for the start of the season. So a lot of steak, a lot of rice. Um, and then when we talk about dirty, um, dirty bulking meals is cereal. I can eat a whole box of cereal in a sitting, not even think about it. I could put, yeah, like cereals, my kryptonite for um, eating healthy. So if there's cereal in the house and I'm bulking or I'm just acting fat, um, that's, that's going to get me. Yeah. Okay, clean yeah. for me. If I had to choose clean, it would probably be similar to you. I would do a, a, a cut of steak. Um, honestly, which cut, I'm not really too picky about, whether it be strip or ribeye or sirloin, anything. So I'll do yeah. steak, rice, yeah. white rice. It's got to be white rice. Yeah, white rice, jasmine. And I would spice it up with avocado because the fat yeah. content. So basically a clean bulking meal. You're, you're going to want proteins, carbs, fats. And fats being yep. probably a little bit higher if you want are looking to bulk because they're nine calories per gram compared to four through protein and carbs. So you're going to want to have a little bit higher fat content. So then again, yeah, you could good. do the ribeye then. So I'll be more specific. So ribeye, yes. avocado, white rice. Go to Costco for your steak. FYI, go to Costco for your steak. You don't get ripped off as much as like other grocery stores. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Those wholesale yeah. stores. Yeah. Yes, sir. All right. And then dirty. You said mm -hmm. cereal. That's a good one, dude. I, oh, I love cereal. I love cereal. Um, I'm trying to think of what I did the most, though, when I was trying to gain weight the most that I wouldn't consider clean now. Honestly, I think dude, I do. You ate clean like forever i know but but in high school when i was really trying to bulk yeah i would say my 
my downfall was like milk. And honestly, it's not even like that's so dumb to say, but like I would have like peanut butter and jellies, like four of them, with just like a gallon of milk. It was like that's how I got my calories in, but it's not that's not even dirty. So you know what? I'm that's a bad one. Throw that out the window. What is it like gar- garbage plate pizza? What do you got? Garbage plate pizza, pancakes? What, what any of those sound uh, like a common dirty bulk meal that you had? I'm pretty sure you just yes, all of them. Uh, all of them i would say garbage plate in high school i was a garbage plate guy I, anywhere i went i would get garbage plates fairport hots at like two in the morning i would go smack down a giant garbage plate so if you're not from rochester sure. garbage plate is mac salad you can do your choice of home fries or like french fries or i know some places even do like onion rings so it's like mac salad your french fry or your starch of choice and then your meat of choice basically over the top right so like hot dogs hamburgers mm-hmm. chicken some people do like chicken strips and then it's all drenched in like this meat hot sauce <clears throat> and then you can put like uh, onions ketchup mustard all over the top so it sounds really disgusting to probably ever, anybody who's not from rochester but it's amazing so yeah i'd probably go with garbage plate oh yeah it's fire absolute fire um and then we've got Last the one. next question. Yeah, next question is the biggest, our biggest bench, squat, deadlift, and clean numbers. Why don't you start us out? What about, how about what's, your, uh, what's your biggest numbers here? All right, you guys ready to be amazed? Um, okay, so actually, all these numbers were hit in Kentucky. Oh, there you go. Yeah, because I started balking in Kentucky again. I got up to like 240. <laughs> 242 when I was in Kentucky. Um, so my biggest bench, probably like, dude, I'm a terrible bencher. I think I've hit 315 three times in my life. So I don't think I've ever gone over 315 on bench. Could I have? Maybe. I think it's more of a mental thing for me. Yeah. Because I was able to do 225 for 20, but I couldn't do 315. So yeah, it's odd. Yeah, 315 bench yeah squat uh squat i hit 445 or 450 at kentucky um i've never maxed deadlift and my max clean was 305 oh you got me there um so then for me bench i think my best is 365 that's the three plate to the 25 i remember hitting that vividly i don't know if i ever hit above that so i'll say i'll say um 365 for bench the 225 i got 25 and 2018 haven't done it since then I know now I wouldn't, I wouldn't hit it. Um, but that was, yeah. Three, six, five, 25. Yeah. 25 reps. Yep. Dang. Good for you. Um, <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, then squat. I'm not a great squatter. I think my most, I know I hit 425. I think I hit, I think I hit 435. Um, but nothing crazy. I think either 425, 435. Nothing very impressive. Um, deadlift, I've no, I've, I've hit above 500 in Pat Gagan, who's my buddy down the street. He's got like a little garage gym before he moved. He had a little garage gym we did in quarantine in the peak COVID times. Oh, sorry, we can bleep that out. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I know I hit 500 plus. I don't know exactly what I hit. I've got it you all. You guys used to deadlift a lot uh, at Menden in high school, right? Yeah, we were just deadlift like maniacs. Yeah, you guys were no big reason. deadlifters over there. I never deadlift. I wish I did because uh, people can pull crazy numbers dude it's fun until you like you hurt your back but it's a great time true 
um, <laughs> and then clean my best is 300. I had 300 and I never hit it again. But I remember I, the past two seasons, I haven't been able to the past yeah, two years. I haven't been healthy enough to really max out anything. Um, but clean, I had 300 a while ago. I remember I was hyped. That was like my goal forever to hit 300. So dude, uh, shout out coach numbers. B. He was our strength coach at, at West Kentucky. Yep. Uh, shout out coach V cause he made us strong as shit. And honestly, yeah. I think I got so strong too. Cause I was in such a calorie surplus and I was putting on so yeah. much weight so fast. Oh yeah. So my testosterone was probably through the roof and everything was just firing. But, um, yeah, my squat got the strongest it's ever been. I dude, when I put 450 on the bar and I picked it up, I was like, it, like, it felt like I shouldn't have that much weight in my back, but it like, I don't know. He just got us strong, dude. He got us really strong. So my numbers aren't too impressive. I really wish Gosh. I could one day hit the the three plates and a 25 for the bench. Three plates, 25. I'm sure. I mean, if that's you what you had, again, right? Sure 365. Yeah. That's what you said, right? Yeah. Yeah. You got to get me there, man. So I don't. Yeah. Good luck. Yo, Bring sure me you, a program. You, you just got to gain weight. You're what are you 210 right now? 220. What are you? Well, because the mad cow disease, I'm probably a little bit. I'm probably light right now. I'm not going to say my weight, but the last. Are you under? <laughs> Whoa, are you under 200? You have a scale at home. I know you do. You're OCD as fuck. What do you weigh? <laughs> yeah, what the? I don't have a scale. I wish I did. I need to go on. What do you weigh? I hover at around 200. What the? Dude, what? It's crazy. For anyone who doesn't know, I was never a huge tight end. I was at the beginning of my freshman year. I was like 260. And then from there, it was just losing weight, losing weight. And I ended up playing my senior year at like 230. And uh, yeah. You were lean. You were lean at 230. I was very lean at 230. Yeah. I lost a lot of muscle. Yeah. That's, you just wanted to get shredded. Is that why? Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. I dropped my. Hey, honestly, yo, get mad cow disease. If you want to get shredded, Go start licking door handles or doorknobs. You won't eat for like two days and you're going to be sh- like right now I'm shredded right now. And that's why I'm not stepping on the scale until I'm fully ready to. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I had the same thing. I got mono in August. I don't even know how. And uh, I lost like 20 pounds. It was crazy. Dude. I couldn't eat. I couldn't eat anytime, anytime I tried to eat. I just threw it up. Like it was crazy. And as an athlete, when you're pushing food, and you're an old lineman and you got to keep maintain a certain size and you got to keep yeah. pushing food. Yeah. You're out with mono for how, how long did it, did it hit you? I, think I was out for like the minimum. I came back at the earliest day I could. I was out for, I think three to four weeks, three weeks. Yeah. Three weeks yeah. Was, was my minimum. Three weeks. Too. Yeah. Then that's what it was. Yeah. Three weeks. Yeah, dude. And that, yeah, you can lose a lot of weight in that three weeks, not pushing yeah. food. Yeah. But, uh, um, and then what I have, I had one other thing to say. Yeah. So now, little update zach is recovering from his obscure disease and then i am also on an expedition of a new diet so when i played football i was um around 295 to 300 my whole career and now i just finished playing football i'm trying to get healthier internally and on all my joints and everything so i'm losing weight and uh zach's been kind of helping me program and then I, I switched up a little bit and now i'm doing the carnivore diet um january's world carnivore month so if anyone's got questions about the carnivore diet or how, i don't know what it, what's even about is it healthy i have no idea um but i'm doing it trying it out it's been dude i'm losing weight like crazy 
Well, like, yeah, dude. I, I bet you are. There's no carbs. Bro, bro, I've lost like, I think, nine pounds in the last four days. Yeah. And I'm eating like, I'm eating six eggs every morning. I'm eating steak. I'm, I got a bunch of steak from Costco. And so I'm, I'm just curious some- to see your performance at the gym. How that, how that yeah. continues as you continue this diet, how that affects. Definitely, definitely decreased um, performance. Yeah. Not, I don't, I don't think a ton, but I, not as much like pop. Prolonged energy too. Yeah. Um, so nothing crazy. It's, I don't know. It's, um, it's really interesting. I don't get as many, like, I don't get as great as pumps. I noticed that for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I noticed that I was like doing, I was sitting back and biceps today and I just like, wasn't getting a good bicep pump and I was like hitting I was hitting standing dumbbells, standing curls. Everything. I was hitting preachers. I was hitting hammers. I was like, yo, come on. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm trying yeah. to do the little shoulder test. I'm like, all right, how? And it was just like, I only could get like right there. I'm, I'm like, I was like, oh, come on, man. Um, yo, so the shoulder the test, diet. by the way, if you're, yeah. uh, if you guys don't know, the shoulder test is if you're, this is how you know you get a big bicep pump, is if you can't <laughs> touch your pinky or your, uh, your fingertips to your shoulders. Yep. So if you, if you can go like this, you're not working hard keep enough. going keep yeah, going you got to keep going that's a class that's a classic um we'll have to talk about the the training arms tips especially because you have a lot of different secrets that you use um to train arms which i'm trying to get better at because i don't have a great mind most connection with those but um you got anything else to talk about no i just kind of wanted to explain like uh, i know yeah. this podcast was mainly um sport related and collegiate sport related uh in that aspect of things <clears throat> but uh each one will change, you know what I mean? Some of them will be mixed, uh, whether it be nutrition, uh, training, football, college life, all that stuff. So yeah, uh, this one was definitely more college uh, football oriented, but uh, drop whatever you guys want to hear. So if you guys want to hear more about uh, diet and nutrition and, and Clank's journey on this carnivore diet, then uh, next next pod, we'll, we'll attack a little bit more of that kind of stuff. So um Pretty much all of this is going to be based off of your guys' feedback. So let us know how we did. Um, yeah. I, this I is love- kind of a rough first go at it. You know what I mean? We had a little, yeah. uh, 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 what do you call it? Freaking, this is, this notes. is why. What's that? We have the little notes guideline. What do you, what do you, yeah. What is it? What is it called when like you have like a uh, script kind of? Script yeah, I guess. Almost? I mean, it's more of like, um, yeah, like a rough, rough um, outline outline yeah outline there we go. okay um cool. good a rough outline which i'm which is which is good i also had one thing i'm asking um so i've been working out at the gym and i dude i can't find like good music that gets me fired up because i'm using i'm listening to like my football pregame songs but they just get dull because i've listened to them so many times yeah or i just downloaded on apple music eminem essentials little wayne essentials uh, and then 2000s hard rock essentials and i'm like trying to figure out different songs to listen to so if anyone's got good ideas please leave them in the comments this is like uh i'm in desperate need of new music because today i listen to the gym's music for half the time so i need i need help with that drop your playlist boys yeah drop your playlists or song recommendations i love jack harlow um but i need i need more pump up music or just good music to listen to early in the morning at the gym so yeah that's about it thanks for thanks for watching um share it if you know people who would be interested in these topics and uh, let us know what topics you like to talk. You like to hear about. I love to talk about. I'm a bit, I love to talk about conspiracies um, as well as I don't know what we want to talk about here, but conspiracies is really fun to talk about. Um, to aspects that of, too. Yeah, conspiracies aspects of politics is interesting to me. Uh, we can talk about some UFC fights when they happen. 
NFL, oh, fantasy football, bodybuilding, the Arnold's in like eight weeks. I want to talk a little bit about that eventually. Oh, yeah. We, we're both kind of interested in bodybuilding. So if you're interested in that, let us know as well. All these different topics, let us know. Hope this was um, this was helpful. If you're watching this and you're not in high school, maybe send it to a kid you know in high school who's trying to figure out what to do if they're interested in playing football, another sport, and they need some advice. This might be a little helpful um, helpful platform for them to listen to. And uh, once again, leave, leave your uh, comments for uh, any ideas for future podcast episodes. Absolutely. Comment down below. Let us know how we did. Let us know where we can go from here. Uh, it was fun. Thank you, Clank. And uh, yeah, yeah, until next time. All right. See you later. All right, guys.